How's it going, everybody? This is Dan Fagella here with Tech Emergence, where we bring on board uh, entrepreneurs, uh, investors, and researchers into the domain of emerging technology. And we've been on a little bit of a marketing spree, as I've been mentioning for the past few months. We've had folks like Neil Patel and Emerson Sparts. And today I'm lucky enough to have uh, the author of one of the few blogs that I actually read. I read an embarrassingly few number of blogs, and one of them is Conversion XL. The, uh, the uh, main writer there being Mr. Pep himself. He is also the founder of, or the co-founder of uh, Marketect, which is a conversion rate optimization firm that I had heard about originally through Neil Patel, and they've done some amazing work as well. And today we're going to talk about conversion for startups. Mr. Pep, how are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Of course, brother. Of course. Yeah, as I had mentioned before, you're sort of one of the few guys I read. I was like, I got to get him on. So it's cool to be able to have you here. Um, and uh, I, I really wanted to just go through a few quick questions that, you know, if a startup was tuned into this episode, they'd be able to take away some actionable steps. And if they're not doing anything in terms of CRO, which many of them aren't, um, they can kind of plug and play some initial strategies right off the bat. A lot of folks, when they're getting started um, testing conversion, you know, maybe it's a variation of their homepage or you know, they're sort of wondering, you know, what should I test? Every smart startup will test. If they're running PPC, they're testing you know, uh, subject lines or whatever else on their, on their Facebook or their, their Google pay-per-click. Um, in terms of website, you know, a basic project for the busiest startup in the world, if you're like, hey, look, if you're going to test one thing, it should be this and here's why or is it really not that simple at all you let me know kind of what your basic advice would be there well first of all you should not be doing random spaghetti testing hey i have this crazy idea let's test this because this will this is a road to nowhere uh you'll end up wasting time money and traffic so don't do that uh, don't test random crap test solutions to problems so first of all figure out what the problems are and then you can hypothesize what the solutions could be and how do you know what the problems are? Well, you've got qualitative and quantitative research. Quantitative Google Analytics, every startup has one, or one of those other funnel tools like Kissmetrics, yep. Mixpanel, uh, Heap Analytics. So you look at your funnel and you see which step in the funnel the most of the, your people are dropping out, you know, leaving your site, abandoning cart, whatever your startup is doing. And you want to start testing closer to the transaction sign up, check on page, whatever it is. So that's quantitative. You, you see where the biggest leak is. And two, you do quantitative. You do interviews, customer development stuff. You do surveys. Uh, at, you know, call a rule. Yeah, I was going to mention call a rule, yeah. And, and, and ask them, hey, is there anything holding you back from signing up today or right now? And they're going to give you um, answers and, um, and do user testing and see how people move through your site. Then you're going to discover what the actual issues are, what what your audience is thinking about. Then you get to you figure out what might be the problem. So Google Analytics can tell you where the problem is, and qualitative research tells you what the problem is. Got now, it. if you know where the problem is and what it is, you can come up with a solution. And of course, no solution is guaranteed to work, and that you need to test. And I would start recommend uh, I, I would recommend you start with testing the clarity of your value proposition. Clarity of it. So if there's one thing to test, clarity of value prop, you probably see that as, a, as an error many times. But I, I like that idea of, you know, start uh, quantitative, go qualitative. And it, it seems to me like, um, uh, do, do you also like the, I forget what they call it, usertesting.com or something where folks will... Oh, yeah, love it. Okay, there's great, great. different user testing uh, tools out there. Usertesting.com is by far my favorite. Great. Most other tools suffer from big usability problems. Um, Usertesting.com is one of the few
few shining stars and every startup should do user testing with at least five users wow. for every new um, design that they have. I love it. Okay, so you really recommend that anytime you're doing a major redesign, whether it's e-commerce, front page, whatever, get yourself yep. some people to that page and make it happen. Definitely. It's cheap and it's fast. Okay, cool. Wow, all right. I, I dig that one. Um, that's uh, that's solid. So, okay, and, and uh, in terms of other qualitative, we have Qualaroo. We have uh, speaking to actual customers, maybe talking to, to leads, uh, getting out there uh, in the field and, and kind of catching and up with folks. And sending out surveys to people who actually signed up. Yeah, okay, so okay, got it. Sending out surveys to people who still freshly remember their... Uh, what that experience sign was. Sign-up experience. Yeah. yeah. And if, if you ask them questions about who they are and what the, what made them sign up, you want to understand the problem they're solving for themselves. The user... And two, you ask them about the friction that they experienced in the sales process. You ask them, uh, what was the one thing that almost stopped you from signing yeah. up? Or you ask them, what kind of doubts and hesitations did you have before signing up with us? And that will tell you, you know, all the friction that they experienced, and then you can address it on your website. Great. And if they're purchasers or you do have contact information to be able to call them, it probably makes sense to do that as well, especially if you're early stage. Right. It, it takes more time, but you get better quality answers. Yeah, it's great. You can kind of grind them out a bit. Um, so, okay, fantastic. And, and with that being said, you just mentioned folks that sign up. I know that for many startups, whether it's you know software as a service, um, whether it's uh, e-commerce product, whatever the case may be, um, a lot of the time building an initial list, building some kind of a following of potential prospects that they're going to later then sell to is a massive part of the game. It's, it's not just about getting the conversion right then and there. It's about being able to build that list. Um, in terms of conversion to opt-in, getting folks to you know, um, bring over their, their email address and enter it and, and pr- give you permission to communicate with them. Obviously, you had already mentioned clarifying your value proposition. That makes a lot of sense for opt-ins. Any other um, advice for folks that are looking to build a list with their, their site, things that maybe you see people go wrong with that you would say are good best practices? Well, there are three things at play here mainly. One is that asking people to sign up to your list is an offer. It's a, it's a transaction. Yeah. And only the currency is an email. So the better offer you give, the more more people will sign up. If you say everybody who signs up gets a free Lamborghini, you will have 100% sign-up rate. Yeah, the intent, the intent might be a little bit off-kilter with your product, but you will have, you'll have a great, you'll have 100% conversion on that well, squeeze yeah. page. Uh, it's, that can be a little bit expensive. So, yes. so you don't want to do something like giving away free cars, but you want to do something that uh, you want to offer something that yes. is instant and that goes, makes people go, wow, I get this for just signing up. So, because, you know, everybody wants people's emails. Nobody wants to sign up to get updates. Yeah, yeah. And that's, oh, man, I, I, I'm so with you on that one. And I think... Um, I think I think really finding that value prop early on is really important. There's sort of two sides to this that I see, and I'm interested in your perspective, Pep, as a, as a fellow who's working on the inside of websites all the time. On the one hand, there is the bright, shiny flashiness that um, that might be the only thing that they care about, and then you're hoping that they care about the rest of the uh, the, the continued communication. And then there's also you know the, the idea that you know if if they if they you know get on the list or get updates or whatever the case may be, um, that those are folks that are really just kind of generally interested in the topic. So some right, people... Right. So you should not give away stuff that is not related to your business. So no movie tickets, no free pizza, no t-shirts. 
unless free, you're selling free pizzas. Yeah, yeah. So, so in my case, I give away, you know, a list of, let's say, I don't know, remember how many, like 13 things you can do immediately to boost conversions. Because I sell conversion services and products. So people who are not interested in conversions are not going to sign up. And people who are interested in increasing conversions will. So yep. same thing with you. Figure out what your audience wants and make your offer kind of like a sieve, you know, so it filters out people that actually are interested in whatever you're selling. And and this is an interesting topic to bring up as well. I'm a big fan. I mean, in different businesses, I'm doing this in different ways. But, uh, you know, I, I find that, you know, in the Internet marketing space, for example, there are often many different front-end free offers to be able to get people in the door to a core channel of communication to sell a core product. So there might be a blog, you know, oh, a HubSpot does this pretty well. So a HubSpot, you know, you read a, a Facebook post, you know, or a post about uh, on their blog about Facebook, and you can opt in for a white paper about social media and Facebook marketing, uh, and then and then it'll put you on a channel to buy HubSpot. You can, you know, they'll write another post about conversion rates uh, on email opens and email click-throughs, and you can download a white paper about their, you know, um, subject sure, line no, testing. Not everybody is HubSpot. HubSpot creates a white paper a day. They have, like, what? Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah but, but, I mean, the fact of the matter is you only need two or three pages. I mean, what's what's your thing? You know, when people opt in for you, it's just a page of, uh, of your best resources, right? It's not, you didn't have to take six days to put that thing together. I mean... The more you work on it, the more value it will offer. Uh, so it can't be something totally cheapo. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Disappointed. So yeah, it needs to be quality stuff. And I agree with you that the more different hooks and offers you have, uh, the better. The better Some chance. Some people are yeah. not going to be in offer number one. They might be interested in offer number yeah. two. Yeah. Yep. It's just HopSpot and startups don't go well together because HopSpot. HopSpot uh, resources are infinitely bigger. Yeah, yeah. Although I think I think startups can pull it off pretty well if it's you know if you do, if you say you know your your uh, offer is kind of a three video training series. I mean, if they're all four minute videos, very digestible and deliverable, and they have you know a couple action steps with them, bam. I mean, if that takes you you know fifteen twenty minutes to to shoot three of them, and you can you can get you know three or four of those done. You know, you could call those little little different front end kind of widgets to get folks to opt in. Now, why do you think that bigger companies like you know, Wired, TechCrunch, folks like that, still basically, I mean, as far as I can tell, have sort of a very downplayed, you know, sign up for updates, you know, button is sort of hidden, uh, kind of a, a shebang, when those are sites that get so much darn traffic. It's hard to know. Um, I, I, I haven't talked to any of those people. So, yeah. because, you know, they make, they are dependent on Google. So if one day Google change, decides to change the game somehow, they might be screwed if they haven't built up their uh, email list. That's yeah. what I'm saying, yeah. I mean, for me, it's like, holy goodness gracious, counting on rankings is like such a dangerous world. You know, banner clicks, uh, but I mean, they get a lot of traffic, so it works. But I mean, holy goodness, if they ever messed up, they'd be uh, they'd be firing, you know, dozens of people in a day. Uh, right, 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 yeah. So anyway, so, okay, interesting. Build up your own marketing assets that you own, like an email list. That's the most important. <laughs> Forget about Facebook followers or Google Plus or whatever email that's yep. where it's at. get get, yeah. get the email list up so uh to to that point other other topics on uh, on conversion to folks who who will be uh you know plugged into an autoresponder or will stay in touch with you um in a you know a thought leadership kind of a context i know for you uh pep a lot of your posts or your emails are really you know linking to blog posts or useful resources 
for your stuff. You're not necessarily, you know, presenting really uh, any super significant offers most of the time. It's a lot of just sharing useful things and people come back to you. It, in terms of other best practices, so we need, we need a good offer. We got to have something that's a good hook. It relates to our business. It's going to be digestible and useful for the, for the reader, whether it's a video course or white paper like we talked about. What are some other um, you know, factors. I, I don't know if, you know, for you, you see trends in, you know, opt-in placement, you know, so a lot of people say top right, if you, t- you know, talk about button color or, or, you know, button text, you know, I've, I've heard some folks mention things about that. What else do you have in terms of opt-ins? Yeah. Um, so the mechanics of opt-ins, it needs, uh, principle number one is that it needs to be visible and prominent. So above the fold, whether it's top right, top left, above the content doesn't really matter as long as it's there and it's visible if you do a blog post make sure you add an offer at the end of the blog post so if they like the post you make them an offer hey sign up to get more of the same kind of stuff yeah yeah and then interactive offers work really really well like most people hate pop-ups i hate pop-ups but i use them because they fucking work yeah man Uh, so I added in my own blog when I added pop-ups, I increased my email opt-ins thirty um, percent overnight. Yeah, so and you, you go to Neil Patel's site, don't argue with. right? You you go to Quick Sprout, you, you're going to get beat up. Right. You know, right. you almost you know, I almost I come up. Um, yeah, I, mean, I walk out of Quick Sprout with bruises on my face, man. Right, you know, right, right, um, right. you know he and goes he goes hard. Not the only thing. Um, there are also scroll triggered boxes. Yeah. Which is less intrusive uh, form of a pop-up where it pops up once people have shown engagement like they have started to read something they're yeah, scrolling down yeah, yeah. and it's triggered by a scroll so got it that that works super well on my blog and so i tested opt-in i tested um pop-ups versus scroll triggered bo- uh, boxes on my own blog and scroll triggered boxes work better wow however when i added both of them they added on to each other. So it wasn't cannibalism. <laughs> yeah. Even more. It, you know, so I have static opt-ins. I have pop-ups. I have scroll trigger box. I have all of it because it works. And now, it, you know, some. I think some folks really do shy away from that. Again, I think the tech crunches and, and some other media sites maybe leave leave that behind for whatever reason. I, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, I'm kind of – I feel as though it's all the more applicable for the scrappy folks who are getting off the ground. Um, but do you also track, you know, sort of your, your Google metrics in terms of, all right, you know, am I getting less return visitors because of this or anything like that? Are you, are you paying attention to any of those additional factors when you are going for all these different kind of opt-in strategies? Yeah, the tests that I have run, some of them have been month long and so on. So I have not noticed any impact on, on traffic whatsoever. So sure, those people that don't like pop-ups, uh, they'll bugger off, uh, and that's okay, because I will maybe lose some percentage of people who could have given me money, but I'm gaining 30%, 40% more people who are going to give me money. So Exactly. I mean, uh, you know, you do your own math. Yeah, so. yeah, it's, it's, uh, you got to break a few eggs, right? Right. To make an omelet. Um, so if you're I don't, not pissing somebody off, you're, you're not doing it right. Do they, have, do they have omelets out there? Do you guys make omelets? all the time oh sweet okay fantastic yeah i don't know i don't know what they have in, in for breakfast out there but uh but yeah so okay a, another topic um i was going to run off you here is uh just in terms of your your tips and best practices things that you know you work with a lot of clients and you you do work with startup folks you work with established companies patel was talking about you guys um in terms of really common blunders where you would just say 
everybody, please, you know, you mentioned something great right off the bat. Don't do spaghetti testing. Don't say, hey, let's change blue to green and just call it a day. Let's figure out and discern a real problem. Let's get the quantitative and qualitative and let's test what we think is going to be highest priority. Any other big you know, uh, blatant errors that you see happen all the time that you could point people away from? Just that'd be helpful for startups. Yeah. Um, so the less traffic you have, the, the bolder tests you should run. If you have ah. little traffic, don't test small bullshit like button colors or stuff like that. So that yeah, doesn't yeah, make yeah. a difference. When it comes to colors and size of the buttons, it's, it's about visual hierarchy. Does it stand out from the rest of the page or not? You don't need to test it. You just make your call to action stand out. It makes make them a color that is different from the rest of the UI. That's it. Um, when it comes to testing, don't test. Uh, don't end your tests too early. You need to run, run a test at least seven days, and if it hasn't reached hundred conversions per variations by that time, you, you run it another week and another week and another week. And if you don't have enough traffic, if you have less than I don't know two hundred transactions per month, then don't do testing at all. Then huh. you, uh, focus on qualitative research. Get the insights because more than uplift from tests you're after insight as to why something is working so you so you you have to talk to people survey people and that's where you get the insights to make changes for better and if you have very little traffic and crappy conversions you just change stuff and you change a lot of things at once hoping for a change that you can immediately see on your bank account uh. so if you previously had 20 transactions per month you, you redo your product page, and now you have 60 per month. That's that's a change a you different can do right away. Got it. Okay, so so just just get a little bold and crazy with your split tests, especially when you're looking at low traffic. Just you know, make do your qualitative. Right. And, and you know, if you have low traffic, don't test at all. It takes too much time. Got it. And time is money. You can't wait for statistical confidence. Yeah. So do qualitative research. Get insights about your audience who they are, what they want to know, and, and so on, and uh, and just execute, implement. For people who are low on traffic, do you recommend, um, if, they, if they're looking to test a front page or some particular content that's looking to convert to a product or an e-commerce page, do you recommend if they can make pay-per-click work or if they have the budget to throw down, that they should get in on it, drive the, the traffic, and rock and roll? Or, you know, pay-per-click at the same time is also relatively targeted. We're not... You know, I mean, these, you know, you're targeting specific keywords. Is that really indicative of the rest of your visitors? What are your thoughts on that? Oh man, you got to test it. Let's let's pay for pay per click. What do you think about that thought? Yeah, well, pay per click. The quality of implementation is everything. So you can do pay per click by burning all your money, or you can do it laser targeted. Uh, so you need to know what the hell you're doing. Yeah. A huge quality difference can be there, and makes all the difference. On also. Don't really drive your traffic to a generic uh, homepage. Uh, if you're going to do um, AdWords, you need to have a dedicated landing pages where the ad copy matches the landing page copy, the user intent and all that yep. things there. If, yeah, so if you want uh, real... Of course, A-B testing, A-B course. testing is a must for, for uh, PPC traffic. And you, know, you need to test your ads and all that stuff as well. So yep. I do recommend it if you have the budget for it. But if you have not used AdWords before in your life, don't play games. It's the day you're learning it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, it is a little bit of uh, I've I've found Facebook actually be a little bit easier to pick up in a weekend than uh, Google AdWords is by a yeah, you, 
to know the quality score and how, you know, all oh, it's, that. It's a wild stuff, world. So. Yeah, it's a wild world out there. Okay, cool. So, perfect, peep, or Pep, we're, we're literally right on time as of now. Um, I know that there's some folks that are uh, going to be able to take away and implement a number of the insights you've shared, so I appreciate that. If they want to tune in more to you, I'm going to recommend right off the back conversionxl.com. Um, which is the you know one of maybe two or three blogs period that I read on a semi-consistent basis. Uh, where else can or should people find you if they're interested in more? Well, Conversion Excel is the um, main the place. All my other contacts are there. So opt into my list, read my blog posts. I send data-driven marketing um, newsletter on a weekly basis. Yep. And, and he swears a lot less in his emails, too. He's really polite in his email. That's all good, man. I love it. Unadulterated conversion advice. You know, that's going to get a great click-through on my email list, so that's going to be good stuff for me. Pep, thank you very much for joining me today, my man. My pleasure. Thank you. Hey, thanks for tuning in, guys. If you're an entrepreneur or a future thinker uh, with an interest in businesses, transitions, or technologies that have the potential to alter human potential, and make sure you check out techemergence.com. It's our main blog site where you can see all of our other interviews with uh, top startup leaders, uh, entrepreneurship experts, and folks in the domain of technology, cutting-edge emerging technology. Uh, if you have a particular interest in how technology can affect the future of human consciousness and our conscious experience, then be sure to also check out sentientpotential.com. There we explore a lot of the ethical considerations and really serious moral matters of emerging technologies, in addition to interviews with great philosophers and technology experts of our day. Uh, more than anything else, always feel free to reach out if you can find us via email. Um, you can reach out to us there or whatever other way. Find us on the blog. Be sure to drop comments. We believe that the serious uh, conversation about the future is not only open-minded, but also interdisciplinary and multifaceted. So we'd like nothing more than to be able to glean your ideas as well. Uh, so with that being said, with the best of intentions for a brilliant future, this is Dan Fagella signing off. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>